welcome everyone to another episode of the Hector Mike Experience, Common Sense in an Uncommon World. And this past week, you've got what, what we're seeing in a lot of uh, different communications, newspapers, social media. It's being called the Biden panic. Um, you've got a lot of individuals within the Democratic Party, including um, Axelrod, who was Barack Obama's campaign manager, and Barack Obama himself, who are who have been going out into the press and um, just, you know, kind of kind of raising some questions. Um, Axelrod, you know, was out. David Axelrod was out talking about uh, President Biden and uh, whether he should be considering bowing out of his reelection bid. Um, and his comments was, look, the approval ratings are very, very dark. Um, and that's a very dark news for this campaign. And then you had Barack Obama telling the Wall Street Journal, um, he says, you know, Obama indicates that this thing is going to be close. Feels Democrats are very well close to 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 losing, um, and so, you know, it's it's uh, it's sending up the trial balloons, folks, um, out to the Democratic Party. And whether it's two things, it's indicating that um, that he should step out, or that um, or trying to coalesce the Democrats around him. But, I mean, the poll numbers are showing right now that uh, Joe Biden is at a 36% approval rating. I, I saw one of them that showed that Kamala Harris had a 1% approval rating higher than he did. That's what caused uh, the panic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the other thing, too, is they're showing minorities are, are and, and mind you, they're, they're, they're losing favor with, with Biden. And here's the thing is, you may look at a poll and say, okay, well, 46% of uh, of minorities still want to be with Biden. And, you know, you've got another percentage that, that don't know, another percentage that can care less. And then, you know, Republicans that are at 40% or 30%. Those are big numbers because at the end of the, at the end of the time, especially with elections, is you don't have to win 50 plus one for every single voter segment. You have to win 50 plus one with all the voter segments put together. So you can... You can lose women at a certain percentage. You can lose people who make a, you know, a certain income at a percentage. But it all comes back to is how do you put place everything together? And so even with Hispanics, when you've got Donald Trump who getting out 35 to 36 percent, that was a big number. And and it's and it's it looks like it's 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 growing there. It's I, I just laugh because I think it was that number with Kamala Harris that sent him into a panic. You know, oh, my God, you know, and because uh, people up until now, people ask the question, should she be the one replaced on the ticket? So now, you know, his ratings are lower than hers. So maybe they're asking, you see the one that should be replaced on the ticket. Uh, but, you know, I think if you take a little bit deeper dive into this, um, there's a couple of things happening. One, I think what Obama is doing is sending up the red flag or sending up the alert, um, you know, that this is real that we need to get our people coalesced um, behind this president. Um, you know, polls are a snapshot in time. But the other thing I, I, that people need to understand, and I've seen this over and over, is that an election is between two people. Mm -hmm. It's not you running against yourself. And I remember this from, from 2012, believe it or not, when I was at the RNC and I remember sitting in a strategy meeting and this was long before Mitt, you know, had become the nominee. There was still a battle going on. And I sat in the strategy meeting and someone, you know, one of these strategy experts 
said, well, we've got an opportunity, you know, to win black voters uh, because they're not happy with President Obama's performance. And and I thought I had said in my inside voice, but it wasn't, what are you fucking crazy? I mean, he's the black, he's the first black president. What makes you think you're going to win black voters? He, they're not going to leave this guy. I mean, maybe they're not happy, but they're not going to leave this guy. It all depends on who you're running against. And that's, that's where it comes down to. So is there a panic? I don't know if there's a panic. I think, I think what there is, is, is a dome of, of, uh, that happens in Washington, DC. And, and I'll cite one specific example for, for everybody on that. Right before Thanksgiving, when the president left to go to, I think, Delaware for Thanksgiving, he had a meeting in the Oval with some of his political people and the people that work for him at the White House. And he kind of dressed them down a little bit, according to the reports, about how they weren't getting their message out about the economy and stuff like that, and said they needed to do better. Well, you know, the fact of the matter was, what that said to me was there's a tone deafness that's there. It's not them not doing their job. It's when, you know, Katrina Jean-Pierre stands there and says how great the economy is. And people are like, what planet are you on? That's where the disconnect is. She's doing what she's supposed to do, which is spout the company line, but people aren't buying it. And they're not buying it because every single day they're reminded about how tough their life is compared to what it used to be, how much more expensive it is, and how scared they are that they're not going to be able to afford the basics in life. And so I think that's one of the problems that they have is that they can tout all the numbers they want. Right. Yeah, okay, there's more people working than there was when he took over. Well, there was a goddamn pandemic when he took over, okay? I yeah. mean, people, you know, unemployment was up in the 30% mark for a while because of COVID. I mean, yeah, it's better than it was when you took over because, you know, a third of the country wasn't working because everybody was home and scared out of their wits that they were going to die. So, you know, you want to tout that? Go ahead and tout it. But that doesn't do any good for the people today that have to pay more for chicken and steak and turkey and gas and heating oil and insurance and everything else that comes with your everyday life. And there's that disconnect right now that's taking place between these people in Washington and the people out here that are having to deal with, with real life every day. Yeah, and, and and that you're right. That becomes the big disconnect. And, and I think it becomes important, especially for these communications folks, what really, and, and really for the, for the, um, cause it's a campaign, right? It, it's, it's, they're out there promoting their guy because they want him to win, win reelection. But there's a, when you have the disconnect between the message and the facts, there are two really separate things. And the most powerful is when you, when you message based on the facts you've got, I mean, and the thing too, is they can go out there and be honest and say, look, we know, we know people are hurting. We know inflation is up. We know people are having a difficult time. But here's some of the things that we've done, and here's some of the things that we're looking to do to try to make things easier. I mean, they can go out there and say, and you know, and and Biden has uh, moved himself around, many, you know, kind of twisted himself in in the pretzel on on the border situation. I mean, you had Kamala Harris out two days ago talking about, yes, we need border protection. Well, 
they they can they have the ability to go out there because they control the bully pulpit they control the the mics they you know if the president were to call a press conference on on border security the cameras would be there and he could say look i'm looking at the same images everyone else is looking at i am looking at the same numbers everyone's looking at in december it may it's estimated that we may have between 250 to 300,000 people that are apprehensions at the border and he can go out there and say, and we, we will have no more. Here are the five steps that we're looking to do to put forward in order to, to control the border. You know, um, he's got that ability to do that. He's got the ability to talk about energy independence, energy production, lowering gas prices. But the thing is, he's got it. You know, he's got to have a choice. Is he running for reelection for the betterment of this country or is he going to continue to listen to you know, all the different voices that, that pop in around him from all these special interests that say, hey, no, it's got to be, you know, the Al Gore, the, the climate change or Greta, you know, it's a climate change stuff or the Jane Fonda's now, you know, climate change. And and um, other folks are saying, no, 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 your numbers are good on the economy. You know, you created all these jobs and things are great. I mean, that's that's a choice a campaign's <laughs> got to make. Well, it, it's a policy choice between reality and and. But, but one of the other things is you're right on message and you're right on facts and it's also the feeling. How do people feel? And right now people feel scared, I think. Um, you know, interest rates are through the roof. You know, it went from 1.8% to over 7%. Um, that's real money if you're trying to buy a house, if you're a young person trying to buy a house. Um, the border is an interesting problem for them because they've, you know, starting with do not come, do not come from Kamala to, you know, where it exists today with, you know, people, you know, almost literally being helped across the border by, right. by border guards and, you know, then being shipped into our cities that drain resources that are already scarce. Pisses off people who are the core of the Democrat Party. I mean, let's just be honest that, you know, one of the things that Joe Biden did was he came up with this executive order that said all federal agencies are allowed to register people to vote. OK, the reason they did that is, you know, the, it, it's not very hard. I mean, we used to do this in Providence. I mean, we came and fixed your sidewalk. Election time comes. We're putting a four by eight on your lawn sign on your yard. We're not yeah. even asking. You know, the only thing we'll ask is where do you want us to put it? It's the same thing. You're getting your, you know, your your services. You're getting your free this. You're getting your free that. You're getting subsidized on something. So we want you to vote. The problem now is they've taken all of these people that have come in off the border, sent them into those communities that they had rock solid, and suddenly those new people coming in, who, by the way, are not registered to vote, are draining the resources that they're using to get these people who are registered to vote to vote for them. And so they put themselves in a bind. And that's why you see over and over again, people in the black community, especially in cities across the country that are royally pissed off at the Biden administration because they're saying, hey, we, we deserve this stuff, which is a whole nother argument, but we deserve this stuff. This stuff was entitled to us, but now you're giving it to someone else. And, and, you know, I just sit back and, and look at it and say that's one of the problems he has. That's why his numbers amongst minorities is dropping. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think they see that. They also the ones most affected when you go to the, if you're not getting the handout, if you're actually working, 
when you get to the store, your, your dollar doesn't go nearly as far as it used to go. And so that, that impacts the underserved community or the poor communities as well. They've put themselves in a real quandary in, in terms of some of their, we call it cross pressures in political campaigns. When right. you do something to help one group that impacts another group that you're supposed to have rock solid, it creates a cross pressure. He's got a few of those going. He's got that going with Israel and Palestine. Yeah, he does. I mean, the, the latest poll in Michigan, which still was bizarre to me, honestly, you know, I think they, they may have pulled some Canucks from Montreal or something, um, had Donald Trump ahead by 10 points in Michigan. They had Donald Trump at 50% in Michigan to Joe Biden's 40%. That's the latest poll that came out. One of the reasons I've got to think is that, you know, the largest Arab American community in the country is in the state of Michigan. And they're not really happy with the position that Joe Biden has taken on the on the, the Palestine and Gaza Strip and, and Hamas. So, you know, I think that's a backlash. Um, I think the unions are a backlash because, again, they look at all of these things that, as you said, in New York, are supposed to go to teachers, union teachers, that aren't going there because they're now having to give them to illegal immigrants that the federal government is sending to New York. Right. They have a lot of cross pressures within that party. How but much? I, how much how much do you think um, age plays a factor? And, and and I don't mean, you know, uh, you know, you've got you got Biden, who's I, I believe he's eighty one years old or, or somewhere around there, um, or eighty, yeah, eighty one or eighty eighty. Yeah, I think he's eighty one. Yeah. Um, and and granted, I, I know that I and you know the the Republicans they do a, a job of clipping out his you know his his worst gaffes or when he's you know it looks like he doesn't know where he's going to go. But how do you, what's your thoughts on um, his age or how people perceive Biden and other folks that are getting themselves, that, that remain in this arena? So like Jane Fonda just turned, I think she's 86 years old mm-hmm. and she's going out there to do her own campaign on um, on ending oil production in California. And I was, I was talking to a couple of folks and I'm like, I don't think people are going to listen to her. First of all, I granted, I, and she just did a movie, The Book Club, or something like that. Someone had to remind me. I'm like, when the hell was the last movie she did? She goes, mm-hmm. oh, she did something about Brady and some movie. Brady. Yeah, and uh, and something on, on a book club or something like that. I'm like, all right, uh, I have no idea. I, I I didn't see any of those, but nonetheless. But it's like, how how I much does age play, play a factor in folks wanting to listen to them about what they should be doing politically? Again, it depends. Uh, when you're talking about a campaign, it could make a big difference. But if one is 80 or 81 and the other he's running against is 78, it's not going to make that big of a difference. I would say to candidates, I would say to Republicans, focus on the things that make a difference to you every day. Talk to people about that, you know, because you can be mean spirited in terms of the age thing without even realizing it because you know a lot of people, we have an older generation now um and so we know more people that have the same kind of downward spiral that the president is having i mean i think anybody would look at that and admit that i mean he's not what he was you know five years ago right. which is you know no surprise i mean that is a t- 
You take a look at it, the picture of Obama when he went in and a picture of President Obama when he came out. And, you know, there was a guy that was in great shape. And, and you know, you could see the aging process for someone who was 40 years younger than Joe is. So that's going to take a toll. People understand that. You, you don't need to beat that up. What you need to beat up is, you know, four years ago you could buy a house and afford it. You can't do that now. Four years ago, you used to be able to go and fill up your car for 25 or 30 bucks. You can't do that now. Those are the kinds of things they need to talk about. I don't know if it's going to play that much of a role because the likelihood is you're going to have, you know, two older folks that are running. Um, but I think what it, what it does do is it, if Republicans need to get people to focus on the things that impact them every day, that's what's driving his numbers down. Now, let me just throw a, a caveat into this, if I may. The way, you know, so how do you, if you're on the other side, how do you fix that? If you're a Democrat, how do you fix that? Well, the answer to me is actually pretty simple. It happens the second week of January. You know what happens the second week of January besides the playoffs? What's March that? for Life. March for Life in Washington, D.C. Um, and, you know, which I've been to a couple of times when I lived in D.C. It's a pretty amazing event. What stunned me was the number of young people that go to that event. But what also is going to happen is what's happened now is economy has risen up in terms of, you know, economy being your safety factor of your ability to have a roof over your head, pay the bills and everything else has risen up. What the Democrats got to do is flip it to what they know works, which is abortion. Right. And I can guarantee you as we're sitting here that in the second week of January, when they do March for Life, you're going to have one person trying to overstep another person, trying to overstep another person to espouse how pro-life they are and are going to scare and piss people off. And so, you know, that's why I think you see the Democrats start to go, go to the thing they know that works, which is the life issue. And the Republicans need to understand you're one. You, you're one on the battle. Leave it to the states. Let the states decide. And, you know, stop trying to one-up each other to sound draconian and scare the crap out of women voters. That's yeah. what they got to do. They got to focus on the things that affect us every single day, man or woman, Republican or Democrat. Those are the things they got to focus on. Yep, yep. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And and the thing is, it's you know un, until his his team or himself can get out there and lay out this message. I mean, it and and they've got they've got a basic with civics, but I think the most important thing is. I think he's got he's got some goodwill with folks where he could just be honest and say, "Look, things suck," and I and I get it. Right. And I think that would go a long way. I think the the honesty factor. I think the acknowledging the things. But as long as he's got his folks out there saying, "Oh no, we've got the border secure," and yet, you know, we see you know, ten 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 thousand people kind of crossing in, and it's like. No, it's, yeah. it's not secure, you know? Well, or when she stands at the podium and says, well, your, your Thanksgiving dinner is going to be less this year than it was last year. Well, yeah, last year it was 40% more than it was three years ago. Right. I mean, so, you know, I mean, it's, and and people know that. That's the problem they have is because people went out, bought the turkey and the stuffing and the cranberry and everything else. They, you know, they rolled them, their basket up and they were like, what the hell? Yeah. And and so yeah, maybe it was a buck less than it was last year, but
but it's still 20 bucks more than it was the year, year three years ago. Yep. And they don't understand, you know, maybe they think people are that stupid and, and maybe people aren't paying attention like that, but these are issues that they face every day. This is an issue, you know, that pops up and then, you know, subside. It's an everyday issue where during the course of the day, you're reaching into your pocket to pay more money for something than what it cost three years ago. Whether it's energy, whether it's food, whatever. You know, whether it's insurance, whether it's registering your car, whatever. You're paying more than you were three years ago. And doesn't, it, doesn't it feel like 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 uh, you're like an ATM machine all the time? Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's like for one thing, you got to pay here, you got to pay this other stuff. And it's like, I joke around. I'm like, man, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm an ATM machine. Right. And there's, and there's a, there's a, I, I want to really hone in on something you said earlier, which is the feeling people have and that feeling like an ATM, that's that obviously that's a feeling, but it's the anxiety that goes with it. The anxiety that's being felt by individuals is like, okay, I'm coming toward the end of the month. You know, there's there's certain amount of days. Okay, I just I just need to I just need to make it to the end of the month so I can get paid again. You know, and it's and it's all those additional costs that pop up. It's the um, especially during the holidays. You know, you've you've got you know you want to be able to provide your presents over for your family. You know, for for your immediate family, your loved ones and stuff. But it's also it's like okay, well we've got to go to dinner with these folks. Okay, we got to go bring in a dish and things. You know, it seems it just seems as though you're paying out one thing after another and. There's no end in sight in the sense of you feel like you're alone in this because you feel that those that are in power, those that are supposed to be honest with you, those are those are the ones that are you know taxing you on it. They're trying to they're trying to tell you story. A, a, they're trying to sell you a story that just isn't true. And Remember, America is not a democracy. America is a republic. These people are supposed to be representing us whether it's at the legislative level, the congressional level, the federal level, they're supposed to be representing us. And people need to think about that every time they reach into their pocket and pull out a little more because the people who represent us are not, are not representing us. And that's where we are right now. And people need to remember that when it comes time right. to vote. <clears throat> are the people that you're voting for representing you every time you have to pull out a little more to get gas a little more to put heating oil in the tank, a little more to buy chicken, a little more to pay for the, um, you know, the food. You got to, you got to think about that. Are they really representing you or not? Because America, you know, is a republic. These people are supposed to be representing us. And I think if you looked at it in what we pay and what we get for what we pay, people would say, no, they're not. Yeah. Well, we'll, so we'll see coal. you. That's what we're going to do. We're going to send them all coal. That way, yeah. that way, that way, it'll say you've been bad, and it'll piss them off. That's why I'm going to send Greta Thornburg now. I'm going to wrap up a, a lump of coal and send it to Greta. Here, honey, put this on your tree. Yeah, well, it's you know, it, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this. Um, you know, usually what happens is once once we come back from January, you've got a lot of folks that are getting you know getting together with their teams over the holiday break. You know, it's it's the um, it's a great time of planning for, for a variety of, you know, businesses and also for campaigns. But once we get toward January 9th, I mean, they've got to have that message honed in and saying, okay, what are the, what's the new direction? If we're taking a new direction, what's the new direction? And how are we going to go sell it? Because the primary is coming up very soon and 
they're going to have to get that the president out there. They're going to have to get his surrogates out there, and we'll end up seeing what that message is. Yeah, it'll it will be interesting to see how they how they respond and if they get the message, if they listen to the people. And I mean, I I lived there for six years. There's a bubble. When people say there's a bubble in Washington, there's a bubble. There's no doubt about that. I saw it every single day, which is why I don't like going to Washington because they lose contact with reality of what's going on in the real world. Um, maybe coming home, they'll get a taste of that reality. Yeah. Uh, let's hope so. But then they go back into the bubble. So what they ought to do is move the capital from DC to Topeka, Kansas. Then anybody that really wants to serve in government would have to move to Topeka, Kansas, and then you'd have people you know wanted to serve, as opposed to DC. Yeah. But it's just all me. right, Mike. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, Mike, and Merry uh, Christmas, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Take care.